Hey everybody, welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Thursday, December 5th, 2019, and it is game day for the Vegas Golden Knights, who will try to win their fifth consecutive game tonight. Something that I didn't think I would possibly utter in this lexicon, considering how the season had been going to this point. But alas, it is true, the Golden Knights will be going for win number five in a row tonight against the New York Islanders. Welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Knights on Ice. And before we get into the Golden Knights taking on the Islanders tonight, just the uh, usual uh, the words that we need to get out of the way before we start here. This is the first time you are listening to this podcast. I do welcome you. Uh, we are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. And if you like sending emails, you can also do that to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So the Golden Knights are back in action tonight, currently riding a four-game winning streak. They conclude their three-game East Coast road swing tonight in Nassau Coliseum when they take on the New York Islanders. Golden Knights are on their longest winning streak of the season to this point at four games after pretty much taking care of business in their uh, back-to-back on Monday and Tuesday against the Rangers and the Devils, uh, winning 4-1 on Monday in Madison Square Garden. Following it up with a 4-3 victory against a Devils team that fired its head coach two hours prior to puck drop. But at least I don't have to worry about this one because they are definitely facing a coach that they are very much familiar with in this case. Uh, talking about Barry Trotz, obviously the coach of the Capitals when they won the Stanley Cup in Vegas two seasons ago. Uh, the big news out of Nassau Coliseum this morning, or technically over there, afternoon by this case, is that the Golden Knights do have Marc-Andre Fleury back, who rejoins the team after taking the week off to be with his family after his father passed away on uh, last Wednesday before uh, before it was Thanksgiving. Uh, Fleury is back with the team. However, uh, as expected, uh, he will be the backup tonight. Malcolm Subban will make his sixth consecutive start in an attempt to go for his fifth consecutive victory. Uh, and as I'm pretty much guessing to this point, but it almost seems certain that Marc-Andre Fleury will return to the crease on Sunday when the Golden Knights host the New York Rangers at T-Mobile Arena on Sunday. So as far as the lines look heading into this game, they look pretty much the same. Carlson line, Stasny line, uh, Glass line with Tuck and Carrier, and Chandler Stevenson centering the fourth line with uh, Ryan Reeves and Tomas Nosek. Defense pairings also look the same. So McNabb, Schmidt, Haig, Theodore, Merrill, England with Subban in the net. So pretty much this was expected, right? I don't think any. I think anybody who was hoping Mark Andre Fleury would be thrown out into the uh, into the Lions Den after taking the week off with barely any practice. Um, actually, I don't even think he practiced at all. He was pretty much gone the entire week. Um, but obviously. More importantly than anything, it is good to have 29 back. Um, obviously, when you deal with something like that uh, in your family, that is obviously the most important thing uh, to uh, handle your business at that time. But in any event, good good to see 29 back on the ice. He will be the backup tonight as Malcolm Subban 
goes for win number five of the season and win number five on the road. And I do believe this would be the first time since year one that Malcolm Subban, if he were to get the win, uh, would be over 500 in a season as the uh, as a starting or when he gets his starts for the Golden Knights. So that'd, that'd be rather exciting, I believe. Uh, so big game tonight for the Golden Knights uh, for plethora of reasons. One, you want to extend that winning streak to five. It's uh, keep the good times rolling. I don't. Th- I think you want to go back home uh, with this uh, two-game home stint between uh, the Rangers and the Blackhawks next week uh, with some good wins in your pocket and some good momentum. And I think carrying a win streak of five in a row is definitely the the first thing to do uh, to make it happen. Uh, second thing I think that is most important is that this really is a uh, a good New York Islanders team that the Golden Knights are facing tonight. Obviously, uh, it's very well documented. Their 17-game point streak was incredible, and they were one of the better teams in the league uh, for the better part of a month, month and a half. Uh, the, the funny thing about it was that they weren't even the best team in their division because the Washington Capitals were dominating the Metro division. Uh, while the Islanders were, were uh, getting points in 17 straight games. So that shows you who the class of the Metro is right now. Um, but the Islanders are still loaded uh, with ridiculous talent. Obviously, it starts with Matt Barzal. And the goaltending, which I thought was going to be a big problem from them this year with Robin Leonard deciding to move on to uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, I thought would be uh, a little bit of a drop-off when it comes to uh, when it comes to the Islanders, but uh, Semyon Varlamov has done really well: eight three and two, two point three nine GA, nine twenty two save percentage, and uh, Thomas Grice is, I, I think, doing just as good, if not better: ten and three with a two point one eight GAA and a nine thirty one save percentage. Um, so the Islanders are take are definitely taking care of business, and they have been able to. Uh, kind of right the ship after losing Robin Leonard to free agency last year. And I mean, when you got, uh, you know, Matt Barzell and Josh Bailey, uh, they, they got a lot of talent on that team. Uh, they, they don't do it. Uh, they're not a, uh, a deadly offensive team, but they're definitely good enough to uh, make you pay. And if uh, Vegas has to play from behind a little bit and if they give up a couple of odd man rushes, it could be a it could be a long night for uh, the Golden Knights, but it's a good uh, good test for Vegas. I also think it's a good test for the Islanders, who have lost three of five since their seventeen game point streak ended. Um, they could definitely use a win against a team that is definitely feeling the highest it's been all season to this point. So I expect a good game. I think uh, I think about a three two game is expected here. I think goaltending will. Uh, We'll rue the day. I think Malcolm Subban's playing well enough to where he can kind of control the game from the goaltending standpoint. And whoever is between the pipes for the Islanders, I don't think it's been announced yet, uh, who will be in net for them tonight. But whoever it is, they got a good chance of uh, holding their own uh, when they go at it tonight. So we really haven't given enough of a platform to talk about how good Malcolm Subban has been for the last week and a half, two weeks. Or really, in, in most cases, Subban has been really good all year. And we really haven't kind of settled down to actually give him the proper credit that he deserves. I, I kind of touched on it a little bit last episode, just the way that he's been able to come in and just play some of the best hockey uh, he's had since he's come to Vegas. 
uh, in the stretch of four games. And really, and really, for some of the games that he's played, uh, even before then, the two games I think of the most are the Toronto game when he gave up only one goal in regulation, and the final goal came in overtime. And then the Winnipeg game where Vegas was up 3-1 to one and then two goals that weren't his fault led to a tie game and then eventually Winnipeg went on to win in overtime. And when you talk about the importance of the backup goaltender within the Golden Knights organization, you are left wondering two things. One, is he good enough to, to sustain this on his own? And two, is he good enough to keep around? And I kind of look at it last year when there were a lot of instances where Subban was left to dry, left out to dry by his teammates. And even talking to some of the guys, like I know Jonathan Marshall mentioned a couple times, I know Nate Schmidt mentioned it a couple times, just the way that they played in front of Malcolm Subban was not ideal. And it made you wonder, like, okay, well, why aren't they playing well in front of him? But against Mark, well, when Mark Andre Fleur gets in the net, all of a sudden, you know, he's they're they're playing lights out. And then it makes you wonder, well, if Subban or if Flurry can make some of these saves, you know, why can't Subban make these saves? You know what I mean? It's kind of like the catch twenty-two of why aren't they playing well in front of Subban, even though there are times where they'll be playing the same exact way as they were in front of Flurry, and Flurry can do what he can do, and Subban for some reason cannot. Um this year I think we're uh, I think we're in agreement. The Golden Knights have played much better in front of Malcolm Subban. And at the same time, I also believe that Malcolm Subban has actually played much better. Um, obviously, missing the couple of weeks that he did with that lower body injury did not help him. But since returning from that injury, um, he's been, really, he's been spectacular. I mean, sans a couple of games. The, the Detroit game is the first one that comes to mind. I think when you look back, on his on his game log this year. And we're talking what, four, four, and two now this season for Subban. Really the only bad game he had were really the two bad games, the one at Detroit and the one at LA almost a week later. The the one against Detroit, I think you can chalk up to Subban just not having a good game. Um, the, the two goals that he allowed, the first two goals, I think were not really goals that he should have given up and you can really, and you can't really put the third goal on him. That, that was completely unfair. The mistake by Brady McNabb that led to that goal. Uh, and then the LA game where he just didn't play well, you know what I mean? he didn't, uh, he didn't play well, even though the Golden Knights really at the time were searching for their offense and they couldn't get anything going. And when they finally did find their offense, Subban just let up a goal late and the Kings won the game. But other than that, you look at what Subban has done this year. The two goals against Arizona in his first start, not really his fault. Uh, The Winnipeg game, definitely not his fault. The Toronto game, definitely not his fault. Uh, Again, Detroit and LA, they, they happened. The Dallas game, the Dallas game, I'll chalk it up to playing against one of the hotter teams in the league and Vegas just getting punched in the mouth by a really good team. I'll I'll chalk it up to that. But these last four games, these last four starts that Subban has won, you know, obviously the three goals given up against Nashville, not ideal, but Vegas ended up winning the game. It was at that point you can take the win any way you can get it. And they got it on a buzzing on a tying buzzer beat a goal by uh, Pacioretty, 
and then they went on to win in overtime. The last three starts, Arizona, spectacular. The Rangers, spectacular. The Devils, okay. I, I, I mean, again, the Devils were probably motivated playing as a team that just fired its coach two hours prior, and they had to get a fire lit under them. I mean, one of those goals obviously shouldn't have counted, so Subban should really only have two goals allowed uh, for his credit. But I look at it from this standpoint. When the Golden Knights decided to re-sign Malcolm Subban to that one-year deal, I definitely was under the impression I think it was a prove-it deal. Because how much longer, and I, and I do think that Malcolm Subban is definitely worthy of being the backup goaltender, but in my mind, signing him to a one-year deal, I was like, okay, how many starts one can you give him this year um, based on injury or based as you want to give Mark andre Fleury some rest? How many starts can you get him? And how many starts can you give him to where there's enough that you can evaluate him and see if he is worthy of being the, the backup goaltender next year and also if he's worthy of being the goalie for the future? Because for as much as we enjoy the fact of Marc-Andre Fleury kicking ass, really, at 35 years old, we're going to come to that conversation at some point. Right now, it doesn't need to be had because Fleury is still one of the best goalies in the league. And until he decides to hang it up, I think he can be really in that upper echelon unless he falls off a cliff completely, where Fleury can still be a top five, top ten goalie in the league, right? The conversation is going to be had at some point, and the conversation along with that also has to entail, well, how much longer can you give Malcolm Subban these one-year deals that can really be essentially be proven deals before another team sees what Subban can do and go, okay, uh, we'll either sign him outright in the offseason, we'll offer him a multi-year deal to become our backup, our goaltender of the future, or... Does he just decide, I don't need to continue to keep these one-year deals? And I don't think that's kind of the uh, the mindset that Malcolm Subban would have going into any of these negotiations. I do think that right now he's pl- he's playing his way to much more money if he keeps getting a couple more of these starts and his record keeps improving. Um, I think he's definitely earned a couple thousand more dollars, absolutely. But... You have to start wondering, one, how much, how far can Vegas get away with this? And two, how far can Vegas get away with this without possibly offering Malcolm Subban a multi-year deal down the road? Because at that point, if Subban goes, then who's your backup goaltender? And I'm not, and I don't think that, uh, I don't think Malcolm Subban is in it for the, the money. I, I, but I do think he's at, he's come to the point in his career where he definitely values term. And if there's a team that could want, you know, a 25 year old goaltender, you know, to be there to be a fringe starter or to be, you know, goalie one A, I think it's something that he would definitely consider. But I don't know if that's in the cards right now. But you have to wonder how much longer can Subban, you know, warrant that? And I and I think you know the one year deals, the prove it deals, they can come back to bite teams in the butt sometimes. It's just the way it is, but I think right now Malcolm Subban's playing the best caliber of hockey he's had to this point, and he's showing that he's getting better by game. And he'll have another chance to prove tonight that he 
can definitely be called upon whenever Marc-Andre Fleury needs to take time off for whatever it is. Um, but if he keeps playing this well, you have to wonder how the contract negotiations are going to go into next season, which I think will be very interesting. But uh, definitely Malcolm Subban has played very well. He has been better than I think a lot of people would have anticipated because I think a lot of people would have expected these past five starts with Subban going in, this the sky could have completely collapsed on the Golden Knights, but they found a way to win four in a row, all with Malcolm Subban in net. And if they can find a way to get a fifth one in a row and go back home for two home games um, and then uh, go back on the road for the Central Road Trip, I think Vegas is in really good shape, and especially Vegas would be in good shape with its goaltending, which really hasn't been something that we've had the chance to talk about for the better part of, what, two years now? So big opportunity for Subban tonight, big opportunity for the Golden Knights. And if they can string a fifth straight win together, then you can feel a lot comfortable giving Flurry a little bit of rest come February and March. That's for damn sure. So, guys, I think that is going to do it for us today. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in for another episode. I know it's a little bit later than we used to. I just wanted to see how the lines were looking. If God forbid Flurry did get thrown out there uh, on basically a week of no practice, I, I don't know how that would have worked out, but. Uh, uh, we will be back tomorrow to break down this game if the Gold Knights are indeed going to be on a five-game winning streak. And uh, I think we will definitely open up the mailbag to some questions. Uh, thank you to all of you who have sent in your questions already. Um, we will be opening up the mailbag tomorrow uh, for some potential questions, whatever you may have, whether it be Golden Knights-related, uh hockey-related, Christmas-related, whatever, food-related, I don't care. Any and all questions are welcome in the Locked on Golden Knights mailbag. So appreciate you you all for uh, uh, being patient with my voice as it slowly but surely comes back, but it's not fully there, so that's why it sounds a little kind of off right now. Um, But we'll be back tomorrow to talk about if the Golden Knights are indeed on a five-game winning streak or if we are back to... uh, or if we're heading back home for Sunday's game with not much left to entail other than a loss to the Islanders. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, We appreciate you very much. And again, send those questions over for the mailbag on Friday. So we'll catch you guys tomorrow. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. (laughs) 